Hi there, I'm Eileen Thompson, founder of Treasured Ministries. Welcome to our podcast and YouTube channel where we talk about conquering codependency God's way. You know, for years, I was unaware of my codependency struggle because it flew right under the radar of my confused Christianity and controlling tendencies to find love. But when God brought an awareness and an unraveling of codependency that would open my arms to real intimacy with Him, everything changed. Now, I'm not a psychologist or a therapist. Don't expect an expert on this channel. I don't even have a seminary degree. But I am a woman that found freedom from codependency through God dependency. And now I'm passionate about sharing this with others. So join me as we discover truth, experience freedom, and live treasured. with Treasured Ministries and especially if this is your first time to our channel I want to give you a big welcome we've got an awesome playlist called Conquering Codependency God's Way that I invite you to subscribe to our channel and listen to all the videos and you know this is not just a podcast or YouTube channel for me this is about uh, building community about building connection with God's people and so I really do take time to read your comments and many of you recently have written into me about loss inside of your life um, now this could be with a person uh, like you lost a beloved parent it could be with something as precious as your childhood maybe you lost your community maybe it was through a job or a church community um, maybe it was your dignity your reputation perhaps it was your marriage um, whatever loss that you've experienced in your life when a codependent experiences loss in our life it can leave us in a very insecure place and that's because as codependents we are externally referenced we want to be in control of everything inside of our world but because we live in a broken world loss is inevitable and so when that happens it shakes the very house that we were trying so hard to build that life of order and peace that maybe we didn't have growing up that that we craved and then we worked and we built but loss still happened and so that can be scary for us right all of our formulas to find peace they didn't end up working but while you are a child of God, loss is never the end of your story. And so, because many of you have been writing into me about loss, I wanted to uh, do a four-part series on loss. Parts one through three is going to be uh, a biblical teaching on the first chapter of Ruth. And so, I want to invite you to listen in today and if you're experienced loss and you want prayer, please leave it in the comments below. Ready? Let's do this. Many times the book of Ruth is described as being a light to shine in darkness and bringing hope. And that is the gift of this book. It breathes faith, 
hope, and love back into your heart, especially after you've experienced great loss. And this is important because inside of our broken world, it's impossible to prevent loss in our life. But with God's redeeming love, He can restore all the losses in our life so that we can find life to live again. I want you to be inspired through Naomi's story to lift those heavy pages of your chapter of loss so that you can begin your new chapter. So with that in mind, let's get started inside of today's Nourish Scripture, which is Ruth chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. Now, today we're really going to be looking at uh, Naomi's life. And what I want you to see about her life uh, that we glean from just these seven verses is that Naomi was a woman who loved deeply and lost greatly. You know, I actually taped the this session um, about a week ago, and then a friend of mine showed me a quote from Lisa Turkhurst, and I said to myself, I'm going to retape that first uh, week's lesson for Naomi's next chapter because this quote was just so profound, and it also just tied in so well uh, with Naomi's life. So I, I want to read it to you. Um, she says this, Bitterness often comes to tender-hearted people. Tender-hearted people love deep, so they hurt deep. Bitterness isn't an indication that you have a cold hard heart. It actually probably means you have a very tender heart, but it has come because you have experienced a loss. Now, in our lesson next week, we're going to see that Naomi was very bitter because of the loss that she had experienced in her life. But what I love about this quote from Lisa and what I want you to uh, wrap your arms around today is that there's a reason for Naomi's feelings. They're very valid because she had experienced great loss. And I want to ask you a question. Are you struggling with bitterness? And perhaps it is that you've experienced a great loss in your life. You know, one of the most powerful steps that you can take to your redemption is validating the pain in the past that you've experienced. So let's look inside of Naomi's life and find out the roots of her loss, starting with verse one. Here we go. In the days when the judges ruled Israel, a severe famine came upon the land. Now, in the days when the judges ruled, that was about 1100 uh, BC. And this time is outlined in the book of Judges. Um, scholars believe that Ruth was written as well and took place during this time. And the book of Judges describes what happened to God's people during this time. You see, they had just settled the promised land, right? But then a new generation rose up. Judges 2.10 says this, 
After that generation died, the generation that settled the promised land, another generation grew up who did not acknowledge the Lord or remember the mighty things that he had done for Israel. And then Judges 17.6 says it this way, In those days Israel had no king, and all the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. Now that verse, In those days Israel had no king, and all the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. That's actually repeated um, several times throughout in the book of Judges, and God wants us to understand that the reason for this dark time is because not only did they not, they not have a king, but he was not their king. They were not following him. William Worsbury, inside of his commentary, says this, The book of Judges is the story of Israel in one of its lowest points in history. It is a record of division, cruel apostasy, civil war, and national disgrace. It was a dark time when the book of Ruth uh, uh, was taking place. And it says that a severe famine came upon the land. Now, inside of the Bible, in particular in the Old Testament, many times famine is the result of God's people walking away from him and not listening to him or following him. And so the Bible says in the days when the judges ruled, and these were very dark times, a severe famine came upon the land. So from the darkness, there existed a famine. And inside of this dark time, we find a family of four that is faced with this famine and they have to make a decision. Going back to verse 1. So a man from Bethlehem in Judea left his home and went to live in the country of Moab, taking his wife and his two sons with him. The man's name was Elimech and his wife was Naomi. Their two sons were Mehon and Kilion. They were Ephrahites from Bethlehem in the land of Judah. And when they reached Moab, they settled there. Now, a few things that I want you to understand about this section of verses is that Moab was a no-no. Moab was a no-no, that God determined that his people would live in a very specific place, the promised land with very specific borders. And that was out of his love and care for them. And it wasn't just the land that he had designated for them. It was part of their spiritual inheritance. But what I want you to see is that Moab was not a part of God's design. In fact, and this is kind of funny, but in Psalm 108.9, God calls Moab his wash basin. Now, a wash basin uh, was a a um, was a, a container that was used inside of people's homes, and and when people would come, they had been traveling on dusty uh, on 
dusty roads because this was in a desert region. And so you would wash their feet off in the wash basin and the dirt would fall inside of that wash basin. So basically, you know, God is saying this is like the holder of dirty feet water, right? Um, and and Moab, the, the origins of Moab actually came from Lot. Uh, after Lot left Sodom and Gomorrah, he was left with his two daughters and his daughters made the decision to get their father drunk and to sleep with them uh, to, to carry on the family line. And so Moab was not a place, it was outside of God's design, not only the place, uh, but the people. And here's what I want you to see, that Naomi's husband made a decision to go outside of God's design. Now, when he went outside of God's design, what was driving him to go there was a legitimate need, right? I mean, there's a couple of things going on here. Number one, uh, hunger is a legitimate need for everybody. We all have to eat, right? And then there's also that God-given need that the Lord gives a man to provide for his family, right? And so, so his legitimate need, the need to feed himself, the need to provide for his family and looking around and seeing the famine, he decided to go outside of God's design. And what I want you to see here is that it was a legitimate need. There's nothing wrong with hunger. There's nothing wrong with wanting to provide for your family. But when you go outside of God's design, that is when disaster can hit. And here's the other thing that I want you to, to see about this is that uh, from this verse, um, when it says, and he went to live in the country of Moab, that word live there uh, has the sense with it. In, the, in other words, when I looked at the definition, it was to dwell for a time to seek hospitality with. Um, so, so in other words, the sense is that I believe that when they started out, that he was not thinking, okay, I'm gonna leave Bethlehem forever and I'm just gonna go settle in Moab. I believe he thought to himself, we'll just go there for a little while. We'll just go there to satisfy our hunger for a little while. It was a temporary, a temporary fix to satisfy that desire that he had for hunger. The other thing that I want you to see is that instead of walking by faith and, and staying in Bethlehem, right? Because when we walk by faith, we're we take God at his word and God said that, that they were to stay uh, inside of the promised land, but he was not walking by faith. He chose to walk by sight. And what he saw probably uh, put fear in him. There was, there was a famine in the land, but there was food in Moab. I believe that 
his intentions when he left were to say it's just for a little while, right? It's only 50 miles outside of Bethlehem. It's just outside of God's boundaries. Proverbs 14, 12 says this. There's a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in death. And see, the enemy of our soul, he is so crafty. And one of the ways that he brings loss and heartache into the lives of ourselves and to those that we love is by tempting us to satisfy a hunger in our life or a legitimate need, any hunger that, that a man may have, a hunger for acceptance and love, a hunger to feel important, what, whatever it may be, to satisfy that need outside of God's design. In Matthew chapter 4, the enemy came to Jesus and, and, and tempted him, right, to turn those stones into bread. And it wasn't that the hunger was wrong. It was the solution to satisfy the hunger that caused, that would have caused the sin. And, and Jesus, of course, resented that temptation. But, but Naomi's husband made a decision to go outside of God's design. And, you know, I, I don't think, I think that Elimelech probably loved his children, Right? And he was living in this dark time where nobody was really following God. And so it's not surprising to me that surrounded by the culture that he took that temporary fix to satisfy a legitimate need. But here's the next thing that happened. The temporary fix turned into a permanent settling inside of Moab that ultimately left Naomi holding great loss and the consequences of her husband's choice, starting in verse 3. Then Elimelech died, and Naomi was left with her two sons. The two sons married Moabite women. One married a woman named Orpah, and the other woman named Ruth. But about 10 years later, both Malahon and Kilion died, and this left Naomi alone without her two sons or her husband. When a family member decides to satisfy a need outside of God's design, we can often be left carrying the consequences of their choices and just like Naomi was left with loss and and uh, and their sons ended up marrying Moabite women which God uh, commanded them not to do and there was loss and the decision to go outside of, of God's design dragged the family with it and it wasn't just Naomi it was her children too and I want to ask you a question. What loss have you suffered in your life because of choices that were not your own? Was there a family member or somebody that was in close relationship to you that decided to satisfy a hunger 
Maybe it was a hunger for love and acceptance. Maybe it was a hunger for significance. Maybe it was a hunger for power, power and domination and control. And maybe they decided to satisfy that outside of God's design. Maybe it's even as simple as this. That your husband, in his need to provide for you, works so hard, but he's not present at home. Or maybe it is that he, mar he, he uh, or maybe it, perhaps it is so relevant to this story that you say, Eileen, my husband has moved me halfway across the country. And like Naomi, I no longer have my tribe around me and I feel alone and like I've lost so much perhaps it is that your husband chose to just leave and divorce you and you're left caring loss a single mother all alone and for a while in fact for 10 years it says that naomi dwelled there now that word dwelled is y-a-s-h a, B, and it's a word that means abide, marry, inhabit, to dwell. And so what can become a temporary fix can turn into something that we end up settling for, even when we were not the one that made the choice to leave. And it got me thinking, you know, after her husband died, I wonder why she didn't leave right away um, and, and, and why she just settled there. And, you know, I think the situation, I think there's lots of reasons, but, you know, it was complicated, right? Her, her sons had intermarried there. Um, she was probably comfortable there and, uh, you know, sometimes even when other people make choices that are outside of God's design, we can just kind of get settled into that routine and we can believe that this is normal. I also think that change is so difficult Change is so difficult. It's so hard to move a new direction. And then also, I wonder if Naomi was afraid to confront the truth. You know, the one thing about this uh, Bible story, we never see Naomi saying a bad word about her husband. I believe that she loved him greatly. And we see the relationship that Naomi has with her daughter-in-laws and we can tell that she loved greatly. And if she were to go back to Bethlehem, it is like a humbling that she had to do. And it's a confronting of the truth that things didn't work out in Moab. You know, sometimes it's easier, right, for us to be in denial and just settle where we are than to face the pain of our loss and make new 
choices. And I know for myself and for many other women, time and time again, you hear stories of how when our hands are emptied of everything, when we come to the end of ourselves, it is the new beginning. It is the very doorway that opens up this dependency upon God. It is the loss that ends up leading us home. And that's exactly what happened with Naomi. She had nothing. And listen, as a widow in biblical times, you were one of the most vulnerable people. So she didn't have a husband. She didn't have her sons anymore. But she did have a refuge that she could return to. And I want to point out something here um, that the cycle, right? The cycle of famine came and loss came right back uh, to Naomi. In other words, um, our, the story of Elimelech started out with a, a back, a darkness that was in Israel where no one was really following God. And the darkness led way to that famine, or I'm going to say a drought, right? And the drought gave way to this desire, this hunger, this need to fulfill what had been lost, which led to Elimelech's decision to go outside of God's design. And this not only had impact on his life, but it had an impact on his family's life. They felt the distress, and then they ended up inside of a new drought. Only this time, Naomi's famine, her hunger was far greater than food. It was the hunger for love. Naomi was all alone. But what I want you to see is that in this loss, when her hands were empty and she had nothing else, it was the very loss that led her back home. And Naomi made a courageous choice to handle her loss by changing where she dwelled. And when she made this decision and followed through with it to return to her refuge, it was the very first step to her new beginning. I'm going to read to you verses 6 and 7, and I'm going to be using the New King James Version. It says this, Then she arose. Oh, I just love that word. Then she arose with her daughter-in-law that she might return from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had visited his people by giving them bread. Therefore, she went out from the place that she was and her two daughters-in-law with her. And they went on the way to return to the land of Judah. The first thing that she did was she arose 
to leave Moab for Bethlehem. Now that word arose is a Hebrew word that means to stand. It means to rise and change is hard. But the first step is she got up and she said to herself, I'm not going to settle anymore in Moab. You know, that word arose is actually used in the book of Judges to describe this mighty warrior named Deborah who had to arise to lead the nation of Israel in battle. Let me tell you something. When you have suffered great loss, it takes a tremendous amount of courage for you to stand. And she arose because she heard, right? She heard back in Bethlehem that there was bread, that there was harvest, right? And Bethlehem, that word Bethlehem actually means house of bread. Now I want to go back to uh, Matthew chapter 4 when Jesus was tempted by the enemy and, and, and the enemy tempted Jesus to satisfy his hunger uh, with a solution that was outside of God's design. Jesus responded to the enemy using this scripture, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. That is the power of his word. It can sustain us when we've suffered great loss. Psalm 63, 5 says, You satisfy me more than the richest feast. I will praise you with songs of joy. She arose. And then she arrived in Bethlehem by taking the road home. Psalm 119.105 says this, Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Psalm 25.4 and 5 says this, Show me the right path, O Lord, and point out the road for me to follow. Lead me by your truth and teach me, for you are the God who saves me. All day long I put my hope in you. When we hear the word, it can inspire us to arise knowing that we don't have to settle for where we are, that we can leave Moab. And then the road back home begins by using the word as a light to our feet to direct us on our way. And then when Naomi arrived in Bethlehem, she settled there. It doesn't say that she stayed in Bethlehem and then left. It said that she settled there. She came back home. She returned to her refuge. Aren't you so blessed to know that we can always return home to the Father's arms? And what's interesting is when Elimelech was faced with a famine, it drew him away from God. But in this case, 
the famine is exactly what drew Naomi towards God. And it was inside of Bethlehem when she planted herself there that she would begin to see the redemption. It didn't matter that she was a widow. It didn't matter that she had no means to provide for her. She returned to her refuge. Psalm 91.1 says this, Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. That word, to live in, is the same Hebrew word that described when their, their short-term travel turned to a settlement in Moab, right? See, you and I can choose to abide. We can choose to dwell anywhere. But Psalm 91.1 says, Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty no matter what is going around in our circumstances. I love reading Psalm 91 because it just takes me back to this truth. Because in Psalm 91, it's not that all the circumstances are hunky-dory. What God is essentially saying inside of the book of Psalms is that there can be a chaos and calamity all around you, child. But when you rest under my shelter, you will find refuge. Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8 says this, Blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. I want to introduce to you the first harvest principle from the Word of God, and that is this. When I'm faced with a famine, where I decide to dwell will determine the health of my harvest. Where I decide to dwell will determine the health of my harvest. John 15 is a beautiful passage that talks about the fact that God is the vine dresser and that we are to abide in the vine. It says this, Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. And that abiding to me is that intimate relationship with God. And the first step of that is running home into his arms. Make no mistake about it. This was a courageous choice Naomi made. And I want to ask you a question. Is it a choice that you need to make? today and maybe you've experienced significant loss in your life because of a choice that a family member or somebody close to you made and God says it's time for you to arise and arrive and come back into the refuge of my arms and stay there
You see, with the Lord, there is always life after loss. And the very first step of our redemption is to allow the loss, not to lead us away from the Lord, but let it draw you, let it draw us to him. God's redemption is found as you return to the refuge of his presence to process the pain of your past and find steps of faith you can take today to change your tomorrow. Jesus is our kinsman redeemer. And when we come to him with empty hands, we find that he is our everything and he will restore our soul. Psalm 27, 8 says this, my heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds back, Lord, I'm coming. It's time for us to come home into the arms of his unfailing love to begin our journey of redemption.